And we are back. Yes, we are. We are the Run Duo. Duo. What's going on? Oh, not much. Episode 33. 33. 33 in the books. In the books. How yes. we doing today? I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm doing well. I'm trying to hang in there. You trying to hang in there? I'm trying to hang in there. Yeah, I'm hanging in there a little bit myself, you know. Yes. I got I we we all got things going on, so yes, you know, life is do. not always easy. Exactly. Um just real quick, this is uh the run duo almost live if you're watching yes. almost live. Hi guys. Um, we will have a guest uh this week as well. So yes. go check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, and a Google Play. Hey, I'm glad you got it together today. I got it together today. <laughs> I usually I'm a, have to give him I'm one a of little those. more awake today <laughs> than usual. I yes. actually got a Pretty decent uh, sleep last night. Okay, Trey, um, young Thomas yes. gave me some uh, gave me some rest. So. Good, good. We like to hear that. <laughs> yes, I like, like to, hear to hear that most definitely. Now we yes. want to start out. Um, we lost um, some a, a big, huge member of the Atlanta running community. Yes. Not just the African American running community. He was a part of um, the Atlanta Track Club. He was I mean, a board member. Board of Board member Track Atlanta Track Club. Very well known. Yes. Um, Jerome Scales. Yes. Um, so we lost him. He lost his fight with cancer. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you were saying he had been battling for like four years. Yes. So he had been battling for four years with cancer and had been back and forth. He was still running and doing his thing. Um, unfortunately we lost him on June 20th at the age of 48. So yeah, that's really unfortunate. Yes. Very unfortunate. Very hard. Um, I had the ability to see him while he was in hospice and also go to his funeral. And it was an amazing, I want to not call it a funeral. I want to call it a home going ceremony because it was a very nice ceremony, um, that a lot of people put on. Of course he was a husband. He was a father of three girls. Okay. Um, he was a grandfather as well. Um, he was Atlanta track club member, a lot of Atlanta ATC people, Atlanta track club came out a lot of atlanta runners came out um he was also a member of alpha phi alpha fraternity um so his line brothers and a lot of frat brothers were able to come out and it was just it was just great we packed out that church um and it was just amazing so he was amazing guy very inspirational um he was a run coach like he was just he was everything he smiles and everything he just lightened up he would run he was a fast guy yes <laughs> so he, he would run but he would come back and cheer you on and <laughs> uh, always had a selfie stick taking selfies and he was just full of life full definitely, of life definitely definitely um and i mean jerome was one because he, he basically started running to get back in shape yes. um but if you ever saw him you would have never thought he was ever out of shape right. he just he looked like a runner um like she said very very fast mm-hmm. um my memories of uh, jerome um jerome is i remember in this was before I, I'm guessing it was before he was diagnosed. I think you were at this party too. He had a birthday party yes. at um what was what's Hanks? Tom, Tom and, and Hanks. Hanks. Yeah. 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 I wasn't there very long because by the time I got there, they were way too drunk for me to deal with. So <laughs> I had to leave. Yes, but that just tells you what the kind of fun you know, he's just a jovial, fun guy. Yes. And I remember when he originally got um diagnosed because he missed the Boston. Mm-hmm. Um when he was kind of looked like he was in remission, he came and ran the ATL. Um, he didn't run the relay. He ran the 10K. Yes. And I ran the 10K that year as well. Exactly. And we kept going back and forth, back and forth. He ended mm-hmm. up beating me, of course. But we got to, <laughs> I got to sit and have breakfast with him yes. uh, after the race. And, you know, just got always smiled, always mm-hmm. happy, always in a good mood. Yeah. So, you know, definitely, definitely a loss to the running community definitely. and the community at large. 
period. Of course. You know? um, and something that he would always tell me, he said, India, you got this. That's something that he would always tell me. Mm -hmm. You got this. And of course, his favorite saying is one mile at a time. Um, mm -hmm. That's his hashtag that he had. And then he always had keep running as a hashtag. Yeah. Um, a couple of the letters in the keep running were uppercase. So that's how you know that that was his hashtag. And Jerome was just loved. And he was always like, India, come get a selfie. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I had a lot of pictures of him smiling and just being happy and healthy and it was really good to be able to to see him uh, while he was still living and being able to be a part of his life and inspiration that he left and just hearing also the Atlanta Track Club and how much he gave to ATC through trainings, through, um, you know, helping them with the board and bringing inspiration, bringing love and all of that to the Atlanta Track Club. And it's just it's just amazing when someone touches so many people. So yeah. it's just really good to be able to see that. And for those that are running the Peachtree Roadways next week, there are going to be a lot of people in remembrance of him that will be putting J on the back of their shirts. Um, a lot of people will do that in tape or whatever, whatever way yeah. you can do a J on the back of their shirts. Um, there was a, a individual that is making bibs for um, the race as well. So some of us were able to get bibs that we'll pick up from the expo. Um, Atlanta Track Club will also be having a table at the expo. Um, in remembrance of him for us to be able to sign and write memories to him. So at the expo for the Peachtree Road Race, they will also be doing that. That's great. Him. I'm glad. Because so. he was one of the reasons, because um, I really had not been a Atlanta Track Club member. He was one of the reasons when I originally got mm -hmm. into um, running with the Atlanta running groups and all that kind of good stuff. Right. He was one of the reasons I joined the Atlanta Track Club because I, I would see him mm -hmm. at the um, at the races and yeah. you know he's got the Atlanta Track Club stuff on and he's, he's on the team. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... That's diversity. Yes. I like that. And it was always just a welcoming spirit for him. He was like, come on. Like, it was, it's it's always great. Yeah. So, yeah. you will not be forgotten, Jerome. And, you know, just like I told you last week, as I held your hand, I told you, you're leaving a legacy and we're going to continue it. And I'm pretty sure the Atlanta Runner community is probably going to pull some stuff together. And his sister wanted to be involved and uh, make sure that, you know, getting some of his family members also were wanting to run. So, we're like, hey, come on. You know, we welcome anybody that's wanting to hit the pavement. So, exactly. Rest exactly. in heaven. And we will see you again well see I say again, I will man. see you again Jerome for sure oh you saying I'm not going to heaven why you just say you I didn't I mean. say you I just want to speak for myself because some people don't believe in that power but I believe mm. in it you're like look I'll see you I don't I'll know about this again. one but I'll see Get your you life again together, Tommy. anyway thank you for breaking up a little bit of the summer bye bye whatever so um What's what's going on with you? Let me talk about my race because I finally got a race to talk about. <laughs> yes, go ahead. I, I really haven't I'll had any races. I haven't had any races this year. So <laughs> this I did go. Now, this was supposed to be a part of my 10K or training for the Peachtree Road Race. Right. It really is not because my training for the Peachtree Road Race is pretty much not not as consistent as I would like it to be, you right. know, with a new kid and everything. But um so I actually uh, ran the Monday Night Garage, or what's it called? The Monday, is it Monday Night Garage 10K? Monday Night Brewery. Not, maybe it's Monday Night Brewery 10K. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, there's a, um, it's called Monday Night Garage. It's over on the West Side Beltline here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, um, race director extraordinaire Tess mm -hmm. is the one that puts it on with Run Social. Yeah. Um, and it's on a Monday night. So it's a kind of unique um, race because mm -hmm. it's on a Monday night. Literally, um, on, literally a on a Monday night. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a unique race. Now, if, if you are within, you know, 50 miles of Atlanta, you know how hot um, it can be here um, 
you know, after work, that time period. Because uh, the, the 10K started at, I want to say, at 6.30. Yes. Sun's still blazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still hot. It's still humid or whatever. I didn't go out there to try to beat anybody. I just said, you know, I signed up for it. I've already missed. I had signed up for a 5K a couple of weeks earlier right. and missed it because mm-hmm. somebody wouldn't let me sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't even go do it. Because I said, this, I'm going, I'm not paying for another race and not going right. to it. I mean, but we're looking at temperatures in the 80s and 90s. Yes. High 80s and 90s yeah. during it, that time. It was, but I said, I'm running it regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, got my shirt. Um and went out there, uh, you know, light clothing, that sort of thing. It was good to see a lot of people. I saw David Henry, Lisa uh, Gosney was out there. Um, Buck, Buckhead Mike, I don't know if you know, he runs with Pace the City. Uh, Buckhead Mike was out there. Um, Sheba was out there. Uh, Carrie Fox was out there. I mean, I can go on and on. She, she had great volunteers, too, right. out there. Um, so every it was a good number of people. And it's good to see. Right. People that I don't, because I don't live in the city anymore. I don't get to run, you know, on the belt line anymore. So I don't mm-hmm. get to see a lot of people. So it was good to see a lot of people. So I enjoyed that part of it. It made me miss, you know, being able to run through the city. Um, what I did notice was maybe I'm just getting older. Everybody looks so young. Everybody like, and it may be just because of, you know, Tess's pull and the kind of people that she attracts to her races. It was like, I want to say hipsters. Like that's really? what, that's what, like, like running what hip, age group? Like run hipsters. Okay, I'm 51, so 30s look young to me. So, yeah, you young. Um, so I'll take that. <laughs> exactly. I'll take my thank youth. Thank you. Young people in your 30s, <laughs> when people call you young, say thank you. Don't thank be like, you. I ain't young. Yes, right. you are, and enjoy I'll take it. The young. Um, anyway. Some people still confuse me as looking like I'm in college, and I'll take that. <laughs> you take it all day. Yeah, exactly. Give me that, that, that college discount. Right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they look like hipsters almost to me. Like, all their, their little gear was all cool, and, you know, it wasn't like normal. Like, I go to, you know, um, Old Navy and get my running gear. They like had that real like unique eclectic running gear. They're running with their GoPros and yeah. you know all that good stuff. Anyway, I will say that Tess definitely pulls out a different demographic yes. to her races, yes. especially when they're well, just to all her races. Yes. Like she's mm-hmm. definitely, um, although she's an African American. Uh, race director, she pulls out a different demographic and meaning, you know, a little bit more diverse. Yeah. Um, and definitely a younger cr- crowd. As yeah. Well. So it definitely was a younger crowd um, out there, but it was cool, you know, whatever. So they had a 5K, well, they had a kids race um, and then they had a 5K and then they had the 10K. I probably right. should have run the 5K as anytime, you know, which I should every time. <laughs> I don't know why. I would, every time I'm like, you know what? I should have run the 5K. But anyway. But you got those miles in, Tommy. So I went out and ran it. It's basically, it was a nice little route. It was, part of it was an out and back. Like, so part of it was on the street, mm-hmm. but then you actually hit the west side belt line. Right. And the belt line side was an out and back. So you went up the belt line, turned around, and pretty much came back. Right. Which, you know, is fine. I'm not a big fan of out and backs. I'm not a big fan of double loop races. I just, I, it never sits well with me because mm-hmm. I want to see, I want to finish that part. I don't want to ever see that part right. again during this <laughs> you race. Feel yeah, exactly. I want to, like, I did something. Because as soon as I figured I was out and back, I was like, dang. You got to go that back. That downhill back was right. really cool coming. <laughs> It's going to suck going back. (laughs) But it was, it was very, yeah, it was very warm. Um, It was very hot. (laughs) I ain't going to lie. If I would, if it was in an area where maybe I could have walked back to the start line and just quit, I would have. Man, in a heart, dude, if I would have seen like a golf cart that somebody was driving around, hey, let me get in there. You would have DNF'd? Because it was hot. Not even, you didn't get, you, and I mean, yes. It was no, it was hot, hot. 
And it was like I had been kind of training, trying to get consistent. So it was like the fourth day in a row that I was running. Mm-hmm. So when legs you're not used tired. to it, my legs are tired. It's I hot. Get that. Yeah. You know, I don't like any race that I don't feel like I can, can run the full race. I it bothers you. me. Okay. So with all that said, and I ain't gonna lie, I got to the finish. It, it started to rain, which honestly was a blessing. I yes, wish it would have rained earlier. Like, oh. I was like, thank you. I wish it would have started raining earlier. Yes. It started to rain like right as I'm turning to the finish okay. is when it started kind of raining. Mm-hmm. So um, got a little bit of a sprinkle. Crossed the finish line. Angie O'Neill was there. Um, saw her. And... Literally walked over, walked over across the finish line and walked to my car. And, <laughs> he was like, I'm out. And, but I mean, I actually was going to change my shirt. Like mm-hmm. I brought a, a different shirt because I was going to go in and have some beer. But, you know, I, I, I it was eight o'clock mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, I, I got it. Heather would take my head off <laughs> if I hung out, you know, too much later. Too much later. And then I had to, you know, I got to go to work the next day. Right. That kind of thing. And it's and it's out there. I see why I don't from go over us? there. Yeah, from yeah, where we from are. where we live. Yeah, yeah, I see sure. why. Because I, I, sometimes I'll see like Tess and some people hanging out over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that looks so cool. Why don't I go over there? Because it's a million miles away. Yeah, especially so, during rush hour traffic. So yeah. I'm sure you had to. Yeah, so I was like, you know, that. that's good. But the crazy thing is, after all that, I took second in my age group. <laughs> Give me a <laughs> Great job. Ooh, whatever, dude. I was what like, mean, whatever. Okay, let me explain something to you. No, Unless, no, 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 no. I need you to, like, appreciate your glory of second in the age group. It's second in the age group. Tess had already posted that if you didn't stay there for the award, she went mailing it. So I hadn't even contacted her, but I said, okay, that's fine. But I just happened to, actually, I didn't know. Heather saw it. Heather was looking. She's like, you took second in your age group. Probably because the people in my age group probably won the Masters. I'm thinking that's what happened. Like, the people who were actually fast actually won the Masters Can you award. Can in the glory? Can y'all help? Help Tommy. <laughs> Cause he just over here, he just won't accept and sit in the glory that well, he has. Let me let me just say this: until I get back to where I am shooting, at least I'm not saying I gotta I run a PR, you. but until I get back to where I'm shooting for PRs in any distance, it just don't it doesn't mean as much to me. I got you because I'm not running for the glory of a age group. I'm running for my time. Okay, the, I understand that, but all I'm saying is you were hot, you wanted to quit, you didn't, you don't feel, you didn't feel in shape. All of those things that you just listed, but you still took home an age group. Yeah, okay. I mean, okay. I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna write it down. It's gonna be. I mean, <laughs> don't worry. At the end of the year, I'm like, you know, I took a second in age group. Right. When I go out there next year, you know, I took a second in age group. Uh huh. Twenty twenty nineteen age group. <laughs> I got you. I'm just saying. Well, but, congratulations. Uh, thank That's you. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. But it was uh, all in all, though, as as always, Tess does a, a great race. I saw Terry. But I left, so I didn't get to hear him sing. Because oh, they okay. were going to set him up outside, but and I guess it started, started raining, raining, so okay. he had. To, so I didn't get to hear Terry uh, sing, unfortunately, because I did really want to. Nice. Yeah, so it was it was a good time. Good time. Okay. What's going on with you? So, big announcement. Uh-oh. <laughs> so we interviewed um, Patrick Jefferson on one of our last couple episodes. Yes, and uh, Lace he Up is Fitness. the founder of Lace Up Fitness. Yes. So, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. You got a drum roll? I don't think so. <laughs> I got some applause I'll give you in a minute. Trying to give an audience, <laughs> trying to give a, a drum roll without beating on the table. Um, I am now signed up with Lace Up Fitness, and I have decided to obtain a run coach. So, I now, this is the official announcement. I haven't announced it anywhere else. I now have Coach O as my run coach. So, I am super excited. Yay! I get hand claps, hand claps, hand claps. 
So I am super excited to now be um, um, partnering with Lace Up Fitness and Coach O is my run coach. It is time to get India together. I have. <laughs> you got to get serious now. I I have to. Like You got to get dead literally, serious Literally, I talked to him. I talked to Patrick on like a Saturday. I talked to Coach O on a Monday and on Tuesday I started. <laughs> wow. Literally, that is what it is. So I have officially started a training plan. Um, so I am having to soak up the accountability. I am having to do my runs. I can't slack. Um, I'm reporting to him on how my runs are and what my stats are. So I'm screenshotting and putting it in an app. So, um, our initial communication literally was, we need a verbal conversation on what your goals are, Mm -hmm. what you're doing right now. How consistent are you running? Yeah. All of those detailed things. And he said, okay, what are you looking for? And so for me, I have not PR'd in a half marathon since 2016 at the Brooklyn Half. Okay. Um, and so for me, that's a big deal because I've had several halves in between there. Yeah. So I would like to PR in a half marathon, but I also know that my next half marathon is not until the race in October. Okay. Um, I don't, I, my first goal is to course PR. Okay. I will say that. All so right. to beat my time from last year at the race. Mm-hmm. And if I could get a overall half marathon PR, that would be amazing. But we will see what these next couple months, you know, brings me. Um, right now, he's really focused on consistency for me. So yeah. he was like, how many days you've been running? I'm like, maybe? <laughs> like, three maybe? Like, I've been very, like, honestly, ever mm-hmm. since I completed my full marathon in last October and then went right into the race, I have really kind of slacked off. That's just me being honest. Yeah. Um. And so now it's time for me to get back on it. So consistency to him means five, six days of running. And so the last week or so, that's what I've been doing. And for those that were questioning where it said week one on my post on Instagram, it's been a week of training and this last previous weekend I had an eight mile long run wow so he has me hitting the ground running um and he's definitely focused on don't focus on the pace focus on getting it done and getting the miles on your legs okay okay there we go ah, yeah so I'm, it's I'm, that's, that's cool though i mean to, <laughs> to be coached by somebody like that that's yes. definitely a, a serious honor right so i obviously had the option of which run coach to pick um yeah. so a lace-up fitness has a couple different run coaches but between our interview with coach O, knowing him previously knowing his stats and what he has done with other athletes i was like i want coach O. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's great to be able to, um, be coached by him. Um, I know that like right now I am embracing the kind of communication that we have had. I can shoot him questions or concerns at any time. He's Uh been very responsive. Um, this is funny. One of the questions that I asked him the other day was I said, do you recommend anything recovery wise um, in regards to like soreness and like really like hurting or whatever okay. outside of Epsom salt bath, stretching, mm-hmm. foam yeah. rolling, the generic stuff that everybody knows. And guess what the first thing he said? What? What you eating? Ah. So of course we had a long conversation about my nutrition. So obviously mm-hmm. that has to change. And he's like, you need to use your food and fuel as your medicine and you know not necessarily not necessarily pulling so many other things into your regimen because if gotcha. you're not eating well you are going to feel sore you are going to feel tired because you're yeah. not fueling your body appropriately uh-huh. um so it's been great to be able to communicate with him on that lace up fitness net has a app um that i am able to put all of my stats into so he's able to see that he's able mm-hmm. to put my training plan week by week into that app um i can also link it to my fitness pal which is a nutritional app that i use um, okay. so he can see what i'm eating so yeah 
Yeah, it is. So, okay. So let's 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 verify it again. <laughs> okay. The goal is the oh my PR. God. <laughs> PR at the race. At the race. First off. In October. If you want to see it, if you want to run with her. Yes. To PR at the race, <laughs> you need to go ahead and sign up for race first off. Let's yes, do that. Yes, that's what you need to do. So your goal. Is to tra- course PR. To course PR mm-hmm. at the race. Yes. And she, I mean, Coach O, I mean, I, I'm, if, shoot. It's, if you don't do it, it's on you. I mean, I, I'm just true. saying. And you know, the, the thing about it is, is that the first time that I talked to him, Tommy, uh-huh. he literally said, I don't need you to commit to me. I need you to commit to yourself. Like, he okay. literally was like, you have to put the work in. Because at the end of the day, I can give you the plan. I can give you everything. But if you're not executing, if you're fluffing off on your runs, if uh-huh. you're doing these things, if you're not eating appropriately, you're wasting your time and your money. Yes. So at the end of the day, he's like, I don't need you to commit to me. I need you to commit to yourself. But I do also, he did mention needing to trust him in the process to coach me. Yes, exactly. So there needs to be, he was very focused on it being a good coach to athlete relationship. Okay. Okay. I'm so proud of you. I'm excited. I'm nervous. Um, And I'm doing it. I mean, it's been a difficult So you're going to keep us abreast of what's going on as as the training goes, as we head into um, uh, the race and we kind of see see where you are. Yes, and y'all heard this first. I know a lot of people don't like to to say their goals, but I'm kind of it's like positive peer pressure, I guess, and yeah. accountability from our listeners that Indy is going to do that. So, course PR at the race. There, there it, it is. is. <laughs> Why are you taking my words? There, it, there is. it is. So yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh, that's cool. That's cool. Now you went to something else. I saw you a post about it. The it was a run. So Atlanta Run Club? Yes. So yes. yes. So Atlanta Run Club had their Adidas event um last week and that was basically Run for the Oceans. Mm-hmm. It was a couple of a two a two part event, Run for the Oceans, which is Adidas initiative to basically help to put money into um education and understanding of ocean pollution. So every mile that you ran or kilometer that you ran, a dollar went towards that research. Okay. Um so they were basically saying there's a, tr- a truck full of trash that's being dumped into the ocean every minute of the day and it's just it's going to be more trash in the ocean than fish. So that um that run was a group run um, by Atlanta Run Club, which is usually based out of Buf- on Beaufort Highway is where they usually uh, meet up. Uh-huh. Um, so that run was to be able to clock some of those miles um, that we run for that initiative. And the other piece of it was to also get the Atlanta Run Club's name and group out there. Um, they are a run club, and it was something that was very interesting um, that they mentioned was they want you all to know that on Beaufort Highway, it's more than just restaurants of Mexican and Korean individuals and all that. Because when people think about Beaver Highways, think about food. Um, And so one of their initiatives of the Rolanda Run Club is to make sure that we are educated, that there's people out there. And they said that. It was like, we are people too. Mm -hmm. And they want us to know that they are out there. So I was able to go to that run. It was good. It was actually on the Beltline, Eastside Beltline. Okay. Um, So that was a good initiative to be able to run. They had some Adidas reps there doing some videography and things of that nature. So it was a really good event. And they had a 5K this weekend. So definitely look up um, them if you're interested or in the area and want a run club yeah. to meet up with. Um, that's definitely something to look out Cause, for. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, we both live out this way. Yes. And um, I, I lived out this way before and used to run down Buford by myself quite right. often. Right. Um, actually, when I used to do my long runs, mm-hmm. I would run down Buford so quite Buford a bit. So Highway runs from Gwinnett to the city. It's, I so. mean, it's actually a good – If you got to be pretty tough, though. It's, it's it rolling it, hills yeah, for it's, days. It's not, it's not a flat course at all. But yes, it's yeah, not. It's a nice little run. But, yeah, I definitely want to check them out once I uh, – 
if I get a chance, if I can yeah. get, 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 up, get up. I saw some pictures um, mm-hmm. of their 5K, and it, they had a good little crowd they out did. there. They did. I think they had a little bit over 300 people yeah. that participated in their 5K, so that was amazing. And That's it was not easy highway. to do. I don't know if anybody knows this, but to pull on a, I guess it was their first one. It was. To pull 300 people on your first race is, awesome. is not an easy thing to do. So I'm, I applaud them very much for doing mm-hmm. that. So, so I definitely have to check them I'm out. I'm going to definitely see them, Um, you know, check them out. I have not gone to a group or like an actual group run at Atlanta Run Club where they meet up, but uh-huh. um, I'm planning on doing that. And they basically just meet on different places on Beaver Highway. So, uh-huh. you know, you have the option to do that. Okay. Now, yeah. um, I did have something I wanted to talk about, and we're probably going to lose the people on um, almost live, but keep listening on yes, SoundCloud. Please. But anyway, uh, so this is a story. It's not a new story. Um, actually, from what I've been reading, this woman has been battling this thick this thing for quite a few years, actually. Mm-hmm. But just recently, the IA, what is it? IAAF. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, there was a ruling, and a paper came out about it. So this is a, a South African runner. She's a she's like an eight hundred meters, uh, fifteen hundred meters runner, track yeah. runner. Mm-hmm. Um, Caster uh, Simana, Simena. I think I said that right. Anyway, don't don't sue me if I did. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I had heard this story before on um, House of Run, another podcast that I enjoy uh, listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, these two guys are very informative, so they were really going into detail about it. But I was half listening. Because I'd assumed wrongly mm-hmm. that this was a gender transition type of incident. Right. Like this person was born male, had transitioned to a woman, no. but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. This person was born female, mm-hmm. but due to some new rules that the IAAF is trying to pass, um, they're telling her, her body due to the way her she it's kind of like a too much testosterone too much testosterone but she was born with some kind of uh chromosome glitch Mm -hmm. like she was she was she was she was born as a woman but they're saying her chromosomes are like a a a man Mm -hmm. is basically what they're saying and that's why her body puts out uh so much testosterone and they're wanting her to take medication to dampen it so that she can compete in certain races as a woman as a woman, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the crazy thing is, like, they don't say all races, though. They changed, like, some of the distances are banned and some mm-hmm. aren't, mm-hmm. which was kind of weird. So I was like, okay, that makes no sense. If she's if she's got an advantage in one distance, she's got an advantage in all distances, doesn't right. she? Um, but that's what blew my mind when I read that they literally, at this trial, because they went to an arbitration um, trial, at this trial, they literally said... Um, she is a class. She should be classified as a male. Mm. And can you imagine like somebody walking up to you going, you a dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah. literally in court. No, you're a dude. Right. I would first of all be insulted that she was. Yes. And um, she said she could not describe the, how hurt she was yes, when insulted. they, that testimony in court, that right. they said that in right. the arbitration court. Um, so they, they said she's a dude. And that she needs to take this medication. Now, the crazy thing is she, she states that they, she's like, well, they have been using my body as a guinea pig for years. Mm-hmm. They said they should, that they have been giving her stuff for a while. Now, this is not just some everyday of the, the mill, you know, weekend runner. Mm-hmm. She is an Olympic champion. She's right. a world champion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and they they've been saying she says they've been giving her medication for a while right like testing it out on her right. and she and the reason why she stood up was she's like y'all not gonna use me as a guinea pig anymore right but the thing about it is is that we had to think about how her mental state is in being used as a quote-unquote guinea pig yeah and also just understanding like you're being you're pumping all of these things into her body expecting there to be change but then you're also expecting her to execute a certain level of performance and it's like it, it's like all of that just doesn't make sense. It's almost as if there's not a sensible level to some of these yeah. trials that yeah. keeps happening in the running community. It's like, wow. Well, the thing that bothers me is, okay. Okay. So yes. Great. She says, um, hold on. I'm sorry. My phone heard me talking and it's starting to do something. So let me turn it off. Um, <laughs> uh, and so this is, this is um, what, what kind of boggles my mind. Yes. Okay. So she has some form of advantage due to her extra testosterone. She's not putting it in her body artificially. Mm -hmm. It is naturally, they, they admit it right. is naturally um, coming into her body. It's, it's natural testosterone coming right. into her body. Mm -hmm. So I say, why can't, okay. So <laughs> I say, I have a little mic problem. Um, I say, why can't she run? That is natural. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. So now and I, I don't like to use the word mutant, but it is kind of a mutation that makes her better than everybody else. But I'm almost positive. If we went down to the cellular level of any great athlete, mm -hmm. they have some kind of mutation that is different from you and me. Right. That allows, that, that them, allows to them to be, mm -hmm. whether it be because they can recover faster than us, whether it be that they can, they, they're fast twitch muscles or, or, you know, they have more of them. There's than, something than the about average. Mo Farah. It's, there's something yeah, about there's, Elliot. There's exactly. something about everybody. That's so different. Mm -hmm. my thing is, okay, cry in your beer. She better than you. Take your loss until she retires. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what bothers me. Yeah. I definitely agree. I definitely don't think that we should be going through the process of, trying to change that and basically telling her that she is genetically a male and that she cannot fairly run against females because of her genetic makeup. And it's just, it's very unfortunate. And I feel like there's no, there's no sensibility these days with some of these cases that have been coming up with running. It's like, yeah. where is the humanity behind some of these arguments? Now I'll tell you in my opinion, what this is, I don't think they really want her. Mm -hmm. This is heading off at the pass when it is a man transitioning to a woman. You think they're trying I to get ahead of? I think they're putting these rules in place mm -hmm. and she just happens. Cause they said she's not the only one that of course. is uh, genetically female mm -hmm. that has this same higher level. Of yeah, testosterone. exactly. Right. But I think what they're doing is trying to head that off at the pass. Cause eventually that is going to be an issue. Eventually right. some, man is going to transition whether he or be vice an versa. or exactly. Mm -hmm. And they're just trying to head it off at the past. But I guess the going the other way. Yeah. It'd be hard. I guess going from a, a female to a male, you have to take testosterone for that transition. Mm hmm. You wouldn't be able to take it, I guess, is what they would say. Right. And I think, but I think that they are failing in the midst of don't use this person as an example. Yeah. Get your science together, get your rules together yes. and not use this person as a platform to kind of start that 
I guess, transition of a change. Because, yes, that is going to happen. You're going to have elite runners, Olympic runners that may have been born a different sex. And yeah. it's going to happen. That doesn't mean they're any less of a runner. But there are going to be rules behind it. But don't use this person as a guinea pig or the, the start of this, you know, campaign of change. And now the paper that was put out is very redacted. So they you couldn't get all the information. But of course. the court actually stated, yes, we feel that this rule is discriminatory. Mm-hmm. But agreed with the IAAF. Mm. So <sighs> it's it's I, I was flabbergasted. I yes. mean, this is it's a whole new world we living in. I, it is. And maybe I'm maybe I'm not. I don't need to be here. Maybe I need to go get on the island because that's too much for me. It is, and it's it's unfortunately a lot in the discrimination that we're getting between people and mm. individuals and how people want to live their life and all of those different things. It's just like, come on, we're trying to run a sport and enjoy it just like anybody else. And yeah. We can only all we can do is educate, not you know, make sure that people are knowledgeable of the changes and the issues that are coming forth. And I guess that's what we do with this platform. I would really love for like any a doctor or somebody that is more uh, educated on the science mm-hmm. behind this to mm-hmm. contact us and just yeah, kinda, please do. Yeah, We're just open let us to all of yeah, that. Yeah, because I would love to get more into that because I, I just no no matter how many ways I look at it, mm-hmm. if you born. A woman or you're born a man and mm-hmm. everything that you're getting is natural you got all the 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 pieces and mm-hmm. parts then you should be able to compete with women or compete with men regardless right. of what else is going on mm-hmm. in your body as long as it's not unnatural you're not right. putting it in artificially definitely i definitely think the same oh you got anything else for us so we are how many days out from the peace tree road race nine? is it nine less than a week a week is yep. it seven no today's well, today is Tuesday. Yes. That so it'd be seven, eight, nine. It's nine. Yes. Nine so days nine out days. for the Peachtree Road Race, uh-huh. which is the 50th anniversary of the Peachtree Road Race. 50. 50 years of the Peachtree Road Race, which is the world largest 10K. Still. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, I ran the course. Oh, you did? Okay. You got to go down and run ago. it. Two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> That's all I can say. I yeah. ran the course. Yeah. Obviously, we know that, you know, I've been running it since 2008. So running mm-hmm. the course is, you know, it's... It's what I know. I know it, but, you know, we all know that. Um, So ATC did announce the elite runners that will be running it um, within. They they announced it last week. Um, So they're presuming that the men will start out at a 417 pace. What? Because you know that the first three miles is downhill. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, well, pretty much downhill. Um, And they're presuming that the women will start out at a 455 pace. Okay. So, we do have some pretty well-known elites that will be running it. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, uh, Ronix Kabruptu, he actually is looking and he has announced that he wants to beat the record for the Peachtree Road Race, which is 2704. And that record was uh, ran in 1996 um, um, by an individual named Joseph Kamani. So he did the, he's basically has the fastest 10K on um, American soil. And that's basically like a 435 pace average for 6.2 okay. miles and so he's looking to do that so he wants to beat that he also has his brother um braven kip too that will also want to is also like in the runnings he recently run ran the championship for the um the world championship in april so he actually did that the g um gu20 k case for the um for atlanta okay and so he'll be doing that and then we also have a jeffrey Koch um that he actually was did third fastest 10k and he actually did that um 
in la- on last year um, at a 27-18. So for the males, for the male, we have some pretty good people. And, of course, 2016 champion Gabriel, um, he'll be out there as well. So men there, I think it's going to be a pretty pe- fast 10K yeah. um, for them. Yeah. And can you believe that we're going to have Bridget um, Koschi? Will be here for Ken, from Kenya, and oh, really? she is the individual that won London this year, and she also won twenty eighteen Chicago. So she's gonna be running the Peachtree Road. Race. Really, I'm excited about that. Well, we're not even gonna get to see her. She'd be long gone by you the time we record get. Some, have somebody record. <laughs> you are correct. So the 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 Peachtree Road Race has what A to Z waves, literally. <laughs> she will be done before I even people. start. But it's exciting to be able to know, and hopefully, you know, you you can record it. Or something. I mean, honestly, I have thought about not running it and letting because Heather wants to because she has a. I guess she's done it so many times in a row. Yeah. And she didn't want to miss. Okay. But you know, we got a kid, so it's hard to decide how yeah. we're going. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So um, Edna um, Kibloggett, who won um, in 2016, will also be running it. And then the two Americans that will be running it is Emily Season from Arizona and Alephine will also be running it. So oh, okay. we have some pretty known elites that's going to be here in Atlanta next week. And I think it's obviously because it's the 50th anniversary um, of the Peachtree Royal Rates. It's going to be a good time. Oh, it's definitely going to be a good time. Yes. yes. <laughs> I am super, super excited. So it's going to be a good run, and hopefully mm-hmm. we can uh, maybe break some records. We'll yeah, um, I, I think it'll be a, uh, an enjoyable race. So if you're going to mm-hmm. come out and you're spectating, yes, you know, get out early. You see yes. the elites. I know you get out there to see your fa- friends and family, but mm-hmm. get out early, see the elites, ring the bells, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, support. Show them that, you know, Atlanta, we can be just as jovial for races as, you know, New York or Chicago or, right. you know, London, these other places that fill the streets for their marathons. Definitely. Um, so I'm looking forward to it just because I always look forward to the Peachtree. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice time. It's going to be a good time. And for those that have never run it, it's an experience that you will never, like, forget. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. It's going to be a hill. enjoy it. There's going to be a few hills. Um, <laughs> Uh, but enjoy it and just enjoy the atmosphere. To run with 60,000 people is amazing. It's, the crowd support is amazing. So it's it's going to be good. So come on out. Enjoy it. 50. 50 years. So I'm excited. Yes, me too. Me too. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and you, did you have something else with the marathon? So Destination Marathons, it popped up on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. They actually are pulling together an Olympic trial weekend, basically a whole package for mm-hmm. individuals that may be traveling here to Atlanta to watch the 2020 Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. So the 2020 Olympic trials is taking place on February 29th. Um, and then they we are actually having a half marathon, full marathon, as well as a 5K that's taking place on March 1st. And so the package that they're putting it together, and this is, again, Destination Marathons, if you want to look it up, um, is $495. That's race entry, two nights at the Embassy Suites, which is right downtown where a yeah. lot of that activity mm-hmm. will be happening. VIP spectator tents in, in, uh, of the trials. Um, volunteer opportunity to you know be, be able to be a volunteer within the Olympic trials. Pre-race buffet. Um, post-race dinner, and just basically a worry-free experience for the full weekend of the Olympic trials. Wow. Um, so for people that are interested coming in Atlanta, to come to Atlanta, unsure about where to stay, wanting to also run, wanting to be a part of the entire, entire experience, I think this is a great opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Um, Atlanta Track Club is stepping up their game with the uh, Publix Marathon. Yes. I actually at one point thought they were trying to get rid of it, but it, they're really. Oh, no, they're yeah. pushing it. Yeah, they're, they're pushing, pushing it they're pushing to it become hard. bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're definitely pushing it hard. Um, I, you know, my dream would be to have 
Publix be a big marathon. Yeah, this it's, is a, this is you keep saying that. Like, I, you I really to... do because it bothers me. You know, we all get excited <laughs> to go to New York and Chicago, mm-hmm. even even mm-hmm. marathons that aren't um, world majors, San Francisco, L.A. People get right. get pumped yes. to go to Paris to mm-hmm. go to these marathons, and I'm right. like, okay, we have a marathon right here in your hometown. We need to get it to to that level. Atlanta is a major city. We had the Olympics by gummit. Yeah. Um, so I That's think true. we could, you know, push it, push it to that level. And you know what? I think I'm far enough away from <laughs> running it where I'm like, you know what? I might sign up again. You know how you got to wait a little, a few, a few months. You got to wait it out a little bit. And then you go, yeah, that wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. I could do that again. Yeah. So you never know. I might go ahead. I might do it again. Oh, and mainly okay. because I can't, I can't really travel. You know, I can't travel for races like I could before. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I got. I still would like to run marathons, so it's between Atlanta and maybe Savannah. Right, are probably the two places for a while I'm going to be looking at to run my marathon. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I've done the Publix half marathon once. Um, it's give or take on weather, but you know, it's give or take on weather. I think a lot of people unfortunately get dis- get turned away because they know the the terrain here is yeah. not easy, yeah. but I think at some point we're going to have to overcome that. And, you know, you just have to kind of love that and train for it. And, you know, it could become a bigger race um, than what it is. And I just think Atlanta track club is stepping it up in always in mm-hmm. regards to their races, what they're providing for us, just their, their level of presence had over this, this year of being the 50th for the mm-hmm. Petrie Road Race has been on other, you know, a higher level than ever seen for me. Um, their inclusion of things, their ability to kind of, you know, incorporate some of the sports that we have here. So, you know, the Braves games and the soccer team, like they've just really incorporated a lot of things that allowed us to kind of like learn what ATC is about and incorporate everything. So I'm excited about it. And the trials is going to be amazing. So for those that want to travel here, any of our listeners that are not in Atlanta, come um, on definitely out. come on out. Um, again, destination marathons options. World class runners. There's still people that are trying to qualify to be able to come. And it's just going to be an exciting, exciting time and a great weekend. And Atlanta is a great city. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yes, yes, yes. So are we ready for our guest? Uh, yes, we All are. Right, so we're going to bring her on right now. Mm-hmm. And we are back. Yes, the we run duo. Are. We have a great guest. We, yes. I, I'm excited to speak with oh Carolyn so Sue. Excited. Oh my god, she has <laughs> so much enthusiasm. Um, she pretty much she she has so much enthusiasm. She found her way onto the podcast. Right. I mean, I was like, okay, I've got to interview this woman, Carolyn. Yes. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Yes. Thanks for having me. Of course. <laughs> Thanks so for letting me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you all look at Carolyn's um, Instagram, you will see that she is a, a burst of just energy and excitement and just positivity. So, Carolyn, I guess to start out, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what do you have going on right now? Um, well, first, thank you for the kind words. I don't know if I would always describe myself <laughs> as a burst of positivity. <laughs> But, um, but, you know, that's definitely something that I feel like I've been working on in my life, just trying mm-hmm. to reframe. Um, I think I'm naturally a more critical person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I've, just through running, I feel like I've been learning how to uh, see situations and see life um, through uh, more as opportunities and uh, through a more positive ones. So, anyway, so it makes me feel good that you, <laughs> that on social media it comes across. 
um, that way. But um, as far as, you know, my background, I am um, Taiwanese American. I was born and grew up in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to UT Austin and became a dietitian. And so I worked in Austin actually for several years as a dietitian in the local hospitals for a while before I became a mom. And, um, and I always thought that I would go back to work and, you know, keep that career going. But then uh, I just couldn't like three weeks back at work and I just wanted to be with my baby. And so then I became a stay at home mom. Um, and then, uh, after that, like my, I got, I mean, my husband's job has basically taken us from coast to coast. We lived in California and Orange mm-hmm. County for a short period of time, moved back to Texas, and then now we're here in the Boston area. And hopefully this is our last last stop <laughs> for a while. Um, and so, yeah, now I'm a stay-at-home mom um, here. My, I have two kids, and I just and figuring out life <laughs> through this, through these roles. Understandable. Right Sounds great. Mm-hmm. And that, that, I mean, being a, a mom is, you know, I hear it's one of the greatest. It's a full-time job yeah, too. It's one of the greatest, <laughs> oh it's one God. of the greatest jobs to have yeah, actually. So exactly. that's great. Great to hear. How many kids do you have? I have two. Yeah, two. Okay, two kids. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, with two kids, how did you get into running? How how did you have time to get into running with two kids? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, well, I so I started running actually in um, in college, mm-hmm. which I feel like is kind of late, maybe considering I don't know. It just seems like a lot of times people grow up playing sports or something as a kid, but um, for me, that wasn't the case, and um, I started running in college because I was trying to um, manage and control an eating disorder Mm. that I had, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and so uh, by that point, like, the whole disordered eating and uh, body image struggle started back when I was in middle school, and I uh, used to just study a whole bunch of you know, health and fitness magazines, trying to figure out all the right exercises, you know, to burn, burn the calories and all that stuff. And, um, and I had just never tried running. And then finally in college, after what felt like, I felt like I had exhausted all of my other, you know, sources. I've done, I had done elliptical, I had done, you know, like group fitness classes, like a bunch of stuff. And so then I thought, okay, well, why not try why not try running? And, um, and a friend of mine, he, he liked to run and, um, it was like this whim of a decision where it was like the Mm -hmm. first rainstorm of the semester. Mm. And, uh, he just said, you want to go, like, I'm going for a run. Do you want to come running with me? And I thought, okay, why not? And so we ran from the university of Texas, Austin, you know, we ran from campus, all the way downtown to the state capitol and ran back. And that was around like three miles. Mm-hmm. And it was just really fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it was just fun. And um, and then that's just how, yeah, that's what got me into like trying to run more. Nice. So mm-hmm. I know that you mentioned that you are obviously a dietitian, um, even though you're not mm-hmm. in potentially practice right now. Do you mm-hmm. feel like you entered into that career in a healthy space Um in regards to the eating disorder, kind of what was your thoughts into entering that career? And do you feel like you were in a positive, healthy space when you entered that career? Or was it kind of a combination of trying to figure out what's the best way to kind of fuel that eating disorder? Yeah, I think definitely there was um, the underlying 
desire to understand food and its biological breakdown, Mm -hmm. you know, more, which whether or not I wanted to admit that, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. I mean, it still was a part of my decision, but also, um, well, I was a business major before I became a nutrition major Mm -hmm. and business just did not make sense to me. Like, I I don't know, it just didn't jive with me. And, um, and then I went to this info session about nutrition and dietetics. And that was the first time I had heard, it was my junior year. And it was the first time I had heard that you can make a career out of helping people, um, helping people basically figure out, you know, what foods would be healthy and good Mm -hmm. and nourishing for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is like, I think a big part of my personality is I really like, I really like to encourage others. And I really like to you know, build others up. That's just, I don't know. That's just like part of who I am. Right. And so that aspect of nutrition did appeal to me, like in a, I feel like in a more sincere way, mm-hmm. you know, than the other part um, that I, I wanted to be able to, um, yeah, like meet people where they were at in their lives and be able to equip them with tools to, to best, you know, thrive. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, yeah. Nice. That's why, yeah, that's why I wanted to go into that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I know that on your Instagram page, um, you do have some like meal plans and you do post about food. And I think that that's awesome (laughs) that you are still being able to provide that education and, you know, because that it's so tricky with yeah. the whole eating as a runner, like being able to fuel your body yes. and all these different fads that are out right now. No Gosh, keto, yeah. no carbs, intermittent fasting. And it's like, what is appropriate for someone that is a runner? And this is more of a question, but just mm-hmm. like, it's so, you know, it can be hard to mm-hmm. navigate all of the fads of food that's going on. What I call fads. Let me just say that. What I call fads yeah. of like what's <laughs> what healthy and what's right. What's healthy, what's not healthy. <laughs> what is sustainable Mm -hmm. what is healthy for us like your body types like people just assume that if you run all these miles that you're going to be super thin eat anything you want or something I'm like yeah Yeah. I be running miles for days and a girl's still (laughs) thick I am still thick yes Yes. I know so I I mean my bottom's nice because I'm a runner but come on like it's just you know all of that is a mix of everything and I just think that you know, being a dietitian and, you know, having the platform that you have is very important. I think it's very good to know kind of how you transitioned into that and kind of what that looks like. So awesome. Like, I think that that's great news. I didn't know that information. Yeah, about you, I so, didn't hey. either. Now, um, <laughs> yeah. so from mm-hmm. college, how many years has mm-hmm. that been? I don't want to get into how old you are, but <laughs> how long has it been? Like, how many well, years have you been, you have have you been running? Yeah. Don't, don't be roundabout way asking woman her wait, age, wait, Tommy. I, I need to know why this was wrong. Right. <laughs> no. Um, well, so I started college, <laughs> freshman year was 2001. Mm-hmm. I was okay. supposed to graduate 2005. But because I changed majors my junior year, I didn't graduate until 2007. Okay. You calculating, Tommy? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So so you've been running for quite a few years. Right. (laughs) Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, But I really, you know, I ran. Okay. So backtracking, you know, while I said that I started running to try to manage this eating disorder stuff, like that soon, you know, eventually it evolved into just more of, I ran because it provided some kind of structure and order, you know, to my life and to my days. Mm-hmm. 
and especially because like I feel like I think I relatively speaking I got married young I got married when I was 25 mm-hmm. you know and then we got pregnant a year after that and then I had my <laughs> my first child at 26 27 and um and there was just a lot of changes that happened at one time you know and then we were moving around and um and so but if but if I had some kind of race to train towards and it, and I did not train for time or speed mm-hmm. um until the recent years it was just always a matter of you know what, I want to sign up for this, this marathon, because then I know that every day I will have some kind of a, have some kind of plan, you know, I, mm-hmm. whether it's going out to run five miles or going out to run whatever, you know, like I knew that I could go do that. That was good for my body. It made me feel good. And I could come back, you know, a better clear minded <laughs> um, person, you know, to mm-hmm. then be present with my family and do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. So you know, so then I think through that and even throughout like pregnancy and um, and uh, we went through a lot of like my son, he had colic, um, mm-hmm. which basically was like nonstop crying mm-hmm. for <laughs> six to nine months. And then right around that time, we had just moved to New England, which coming from Texas. And then even though I know we lived in California for a little bit, it was like Southern California. So mm-hmm. like cli- culturally, climate, everything was pretty similar. But then moving out to New England, everything is so different. Yeah. Everything. And the people are different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, just having to figure out, you know, like new relationships, a new city, a new routine with this crying baby and my other child and my husband started a new job. He was stressed out. And at the time he had undiagnosed depression. Mm-hmm. Like there were just a lot of things that were mm-hmm. going on. And those, you know, that 45 minutes or even an hour for me to be out there running, whether it's like snowing or raining or whatever, like that was just my Your self care. I could breathe. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, yeah, like that's that's kind of how running kind of has been carried through mm-hmm. all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. what's what's your favorite disc? Because I heard you say you know training for a marathon. So, did you like go from just running and then I'm going to enter a marathon, or how did how did your progression kind of go? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Couch <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, to I, marathon. <laughs> Like, I could do three miles. I'm going to go for the marathon. I think um, I just, I've always, I know that I've been, I am more of like an all or nothing kind of person, which, you know, I have learned that gray area and the in-between is okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be in as well. But um, so, you know, like I said, I started running in college and then, um, and nobody else really, other than that one friend I had, Kevin, who ran, um, none of my other peers or nobody else I knew really ran or Mm -hmm. did any other kind of exercise really. (laughs) Um, and, um, there was, there was a one summer I was helping out at, um, a youth camp for my church and one of the other, um, camp leaders, um, she was an older woman, or in my mind, I perceive her as older, but I think in reality, she was probably like 30 or 35. Ancient. So like um, early in the mornings, I would go out to uh, run and I would see her out there on the campgrounds running as well. And so then pretty soon, you know, we would um, we would say hi to each other. And pretty soon, like I started chatting with her and um, and I found out that 
she had not only run one marathon in her life, but she had run, I think at that point it was like 13 wow. or something like that, where um, because she is a nurse at um, a big hospital in Houston. And so she started running for their um for their, I think is their cancer research team. Mm. And so every year she would run the Houston marathon to fundraise for her hospital. And she did that for like over a decade already. And uh, I was just, I like just something about that just really struck me, you know, because I think part of it again was like, I just had not known anybody else who ran, but let alone like accomplish something, you know, so so amazing Mm -hmm. um and for the good of others too and so then after that you know after that summer camp i went back home and was like okay i'm gonna run a marathon i'm gonna look look (laughs) this up let's do it yeah (laughs) but um it but that first marathon oh my gosh like i i had no idea what i was doing like again my friend kevin (laughs) as much as i love him for introducing me to running i think he told me you know, if you can run half the distance, you can run the whole thing. So I thought, all right. So okay. as if I just hit 13 months in my training, <laughs> I will be able to run the whole thing. And um, and so, you know, I signed up for the Austin Marathon. And uh, I had no idea that there were these things called training plans mm. or like. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or, like, There's no school, wall. You know? There's no runner wall right. that you hit. Yeah. <laughs> know what any of that was and um I just thought okay well you know every week I'll try to go out run however many miles however many days that I can as long as I reach that magic number 13 you know I'm Mm -hmm. good yeah and um oh man it was so bad (laughs) come (laughs) race day like I I I think I bonked and hit the wall at like mile six Oh, you know? oh, that's and, a long day. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, what is wrong with my body? I feel like I want to die. This is not, how am I going to do this? Right. And uh, at one point, I really vividly remember just looking at the side of the road and just saying, like, this is it. That is the spot. This is where I'm going to die. Right. And they're going to find my body the next day. And the newspapers <laughs> are going to say, you know, Asian girl dies. Asian girl dies. Oh my god. <laughs> like that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. I'm calling it. And um, but somehow I finished. I mean, my my parents drove up to Austin. They're in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends had they were all there and um and I just remember like my body being in so much pain. And then soon after I found out that I actually got stress fractures mm-hmm. from running that because I didn't know that I was having shin splints during mm. my training period. And uh, therefore, I didn't know that you're supposed to rest if you have shin splints <laughs> in order to let your body heal. Mm. And, um, and yeah, so uh, I was rocking that boot cast for uh. the last few months of the semester. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So that was in 2004. And I'd like to think that 
the Carolyn. I've learned a little bit more than the Carolyn in 2004. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you've learned and a I lot mean, more uh, since Yeah, exactly. Then. <laughs> I give you uh, kudos for going back and doing it again. Yeah. I, you know, after that experience, it might be, you know what, I'm good with this. Right. I don't need I to know do. that stress, Carolyn. My first marathon, I was out at like mile eight. It was like <laughs> the longest 26.2 I've ever had in my yes, life. Yes, indeed. But I understand. <laughs> so what yes. was what was your next, what was the marathon that kind of made you, I guess, maybe fall in love with marathons? Did you get, did you go on to do another one where you actually found Enjoyed training it. plans mm-hmm. and that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, actually, so then so that was 2004. And then I ran the Austin marathon again in 2006 and um, training for that one. This time, you know, I found a plan. Runner's World magazine uh, you know, yes. yeah. made copies because I don't like 2006. I, I don't know for whatever reason it was not as convenient to download and print things on the internet. So <laughs> yeah. it was like I went to the bookstore, got the magazine, made photocopies, <laughs> mm-hmm. and had beginner advanced or beginner intermediate and advanced plans. And mm. I figured I would aim for intermediate, and then mm. if I couldn't you know, hit all of the paces or whatnot, then I could at least fall back on beginners. I was so diligent in all the training. I read up about fueling and I discovered power bars and (laughs) their gels and Gatorade and, um, and just really practiced, practiced, you know, dressing like I would for race day and running like I would for race day and still just like showing up Mm -hmm. and um and then that marathon like I actually ran it with another friend of mine whom he and I had trained um on and off together and um and so I ended up kind of just like pacing him and you know sticking with him through the whole race Mm -hmm. um and I just felt great I felt amazing the whole time (laughs) and uh, like it just it was just like a totally different experience and then I could see him suffering because it was his first marathon and mm-hmm. um and I was able to kind of like I don't know like emphasize you know yeah. and because yeah. I, I had experienced the exact same thing and I was able and it was just like I don't know it was just a very meaningful race for me and it wasn't really about like because the course was a great course or memorable course and it was just because that was my one and only marathon where I felt just, I felt so great and yeah. so excited, you know, the whole race. Nice. So how many so. marathons do you have in the book now? Um, I believe it's six okay. at this point. Awesome. So, uh, yeah. Now, now you live in Boston. Have you had, have you, have you ventured to the Boston marathon yet? Yes. Yeah. Um, so we actually moved here in 2013 mm-hmm. and that was the year of the bombing. And, mm-hmm. um, we, yeah, like we took our kids, our family out to go cheer and then uh, had wanted to go downtown to mm-hmm. the finish line, but then decided it was better to like try to preserve some of the nap time for our kids. So we just went back home, oh, which is good. a good thing. Yes, right. exactly. Uh-huh. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, and since then, I've gone out to cheer for some friends a few more times, but um, but otherwise, like, yeah, like the Boston Marathon, it's just it's like Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the city. Right. Yeah. And, um, this this year uh, was the first time I was able to just leave my kids with my husband at home <laughs> and uh, like spend an entire weekend um, in 
in the city amongst all of the, you know, just all of the festivities and the events that mm-hmm. were going on, mm-hmm. meet up with different Instagram running friends um, and attend like different panel events. It was, it was, yeah, like this year was the first time. I mean, I think also because my kids' ages are now, you know, they're old enough a little bit to where I'm not <laughs> just completely immersed with taking care of them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like it's, it is, it's really fun and it's really neat to see all of the people coming just from all over the world, you know, mm-hmm. for the events. And um, yeah, like I hope to run it someday. <laughs> of course, yes. of course. Know? Of course. Uh, I think that's every, yeah. every runner's yeah, secret dream. dream. Right. Yeah, I want to run Boston. Yes. So is, is Boston a dream marathon for you or do you have another marathon that's like a dream or that you would like really love to run? Um, Boston is, you know, I think it's like a goal race. Mm-hmm. I don't know about dream. Okay. Um, but it is, it's definitely like, yeah, it's a goal. It's my a goal race right now. And it has been mm-hmm. <laughs> since 2017, <laughs> at least. <laughs> um, gotcha. But I would love to like try the Disney marathons or do any of the world majors. I do. Okay, fine. Secretly and now not so secret, I do want to run all the world majors. Yes, at some point. that's my goal too. <laughs> <laughs> at some yes, point, yes, yes, India, let's do that. Yes, yes, all the world majors. I said, you know, I'm not doing anything unless it's a world major. Like <laughs> yeah. literally, like the marathon that's, process is so much, but yes. I'll do the world majors. Yes, <laughs> yes definitely. Yes, definitely. it is. Yeah, yeah. go big or go home. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, I will do those. Now, Tommy, um, no, yeah, well, no, of course I do, but I just, um, I don't know if you, see, I, I just had a kid, so I, I, right <laughs> yeah. now I can't plan oh, nothing. That's yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's his marathon. That's my marathon right for a minute. So every, right now, every hour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't have any, any, uh, dream marathons right now, but, um, so now how did you, cause I mean, the main reason, like we kind of started talking, um, over Instagram was the diversity, uh, uh, thing you uh you have yes. uh, an Instagram that's kind of devoted to that, correct? Diverse we run exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did that come about? How did you get into that? What is, what is it all about? Tell tell our tell our listeners. Um. Well, so it started because you know as I finally entered the running world in social media, um, the more I felt like I was trying to. Well, let's see. The more I got connected with uh, all the runners who are, you know, very popular runners and, you know, the runners that Instagram would suggest to me based on likes and, you know, whatever algorithms they have. um, I felt like I slowly, uh, I just noticed a pattern that it was all kind of homogenous Mm -hmm. that like after a while, kind of gets repetitive of uh, mostly I'm just seeing a lot of, you know, lean white women mm-hmm. and um, their stories and even their posts and their updates were all very homogenous, very similar. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. posting their stats. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to be upbeat and popular, not popular, positive. And um, and then I I also noticed that even on those reposting accounts, um, that the, they were like the same runners who were constantly being reposted and mm-hmm. refeatured mm-hmm. um and then you know even as i ventured into the podcast running podcast world mm-hmm. um same thing you know mm-hmm. listen i'm listening to story after story of 
the same kind of runner who, you know, with, maybe did some track and field or something when they were High younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, College. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And played yeah. sports mm-hmm. and uh, and then, like, didn't really run for a little while, but then started running after they had babies. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then since then, it's like rebirth into running, and then they're running all these races all the time. Like, for me to say I've run six marathons, there are so many runners, it seems like, on social media who – run six marathons within like six months. Exactly. No, seriously. Yeah, very easily. (laughs) I don't understand this, but good Mm. for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And, but overall though, it just felt like it was kind of the same type of story. um, But that just really wasn't my, I mean, Mm -hmm. that wasn't my story. And um, Mm -hmm. also like, I didn't really get to mention earlier, but um, you know, like I said, I was Taiwanese. I'm Taiwanese American. Um, but in elementary school, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood that was not predominantly white and it was very multi-ethnic actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then when we, when I was entering middle school age, my parents moved us to, you know, quote unquote, a neighborhood with better schools. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it was then predominantly white. Mm-hmm. And, and then there was, me and my family and then like a smaller percentage of um, other Asian Americans um, where all of our parents are immigrants you know from mostly from Taiwan Hong Kong or Southeast Asia area Mm -hmm. um, who then like I don't know and just growing up in this um, in a household where my parents are immigrants and are and they worked hard and saved up so that, you know, my sister and I could could have more opportunities, you know, when we got older. That meant there was no budget really for things like sports, extracurriculars in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then also just like when I was in nutrition and dietetics, um, we did work uh, a lot with the women, infants, and children, the WIC program mm-hmm. in Austin. And then there was also a period of time when we did we did this project where basically we had to live on the income of someone who had food stamps. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Just to kind of like get an understanding of how challenging it is really to try to get access, you know, to to food, but not only that, like healthy food, right? Mm-hmm. And so all of I think all of those factors just kind of like, I don't know. I just think about all of those things when I listen to, I guess what I would call mainstream running Mm -hmm. and, um, and how a lot of times I think the idea is that like running is so accessible or it's so cheap, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the most inexpensive thing. All you need is a pair of sneakers and you just go out there and run. But but it's not, it's not true. Yeah. It's not that simple. (laughs) Right. So, and so then, you know, after, processing all of these this you know information um i started looking to other hashtags and i just decided okay why not hashtag asian runners you know mm-hmm. what's up what's there or hashtag you know black runners mm-hmm. what's there and um and so on and so forth and then through that like i discovered you know black girls run mm-hmm. and um and also my running hair which i had no idea about yes <laughs> for black women right <laughs> uh-huh. and um and then like through that i just started um i think just like first it was like stealth following people without interaction mm-hmm. but then slowly um starting to comment or just engage more with different runners whom i found through those hashtags and and i just found that like the even 
even the style of posts were different, you know, mm-hmm. like the, and I, and I just find that really fascinating um, that it just, even the poses that people do or the things that they choose to share, not mm-hmm. everybody shares with the you know one arm on the hip and then you have your fit snap <laughs> right yeah. you know yeah. exactly. not mm-hmm. everybody so, does full body like, <laughs> right it's mm-hmm. so different mm-hmm. the things right. that are shared and talked about the things that are meaningful the things that are challenging like they're all so different and I just love that and I just and I felt like why aren't these why aren't like why isn't this world of running shown more mm-hmm. um and so like I think for a while I just kind of I just kind of sat on that and then I kind of would try to share about it you know in my own personal profile um and then and then I went to this one um my first ever panel event like running panel discussion event mm-hmm. in New Hampshire um and which granted I know New Hampshire is not known for their diversity, I guess you'd say. <laughs> um, but like, you know, I went there and um, noticed, okay, well, I'm like one person of color, one of like a handful of mm-hmm. persons of color in this room. And all of the panelists were white and, um, and everything. And they had like incredible and inspirational running journeys and running stories. I learned a lot um, from them, but then it's like, they were just, some comments you know that I know are unintentional um I think if you're a white person it just you wouldn't realize how hurtful that could sound okay how judgmental that could sound right um to someone um Mm -hmm. or okay basically like one example is um one panelist was describing how um she uh, she was running in a more rural area of the country and then um, couldn't get in touch with her parents and uh, had to use a payphone. And then the other panelists kind of responded like, Oh my gosh, you know, a payphone, like mm. do those even exist anymore? And right. Oh, when I, when I hear payphone, I think of like drug deals going down oh, wow. mm. and like, mm. and I was just kind of like, wait what we don't right. need to go this far here <laughs> like let's just okay let's go back to the story right um and just small just these like very small and you know innocuous comments like that and also just feeling like you know as the um I think there might have been one other Asian female there mm-hmm. but um you know talking with the other women around me who are white and trying to like engage in conversation that like it it's just that feeling of like knowing that you are really putting forth an effort and engaging with people and, uh, you know, trying to like be involved with conversation and then feeling like for whatever reason, people don't, yeah. Like people Mm -hmm. don't make eye contact directly or Mm -hmm. they're answering my question. They can't look at me. They're like looking at other women um, Mm -hmm. around the other women in their, you know, in the group, um, and just that level of almost like assumed familiarity because mm-hmm. they are white mm-hmm. and right. I'm, I'm not, right. um, it just made me feel really out of place, even right. though I know it was not anyone's intention, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but that's the whole, I mean, that's kind of the problem, you right. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, I, um, I went back and it just, 
I shared about it with one friend of mine on social media. I don't know if you guys know um, Ebony Blackwell. She's uh, at Living in the Breeze. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's based out of New Orleans, and she works um, with a youth program that empowers the youth in New Orleans through running. Um, So anyway, so I was sharing with her my experiences, and and she just told me how she feels disappointed um, when she goes to the Explore tab on Instagram and Instagram constantly is only, you know, suggesting runners who are white Mm -hmm. to her. Mm -hmm. Um, So then at that point, I was like, that's it. I'm going to start Diversity Run. I'm going to start where I'm just going to like share Mm -hmm. stories. At that time, I hadn't come up with a name or anything, but I was like, okay, I'm tired of this. You Mm -hmm. know, there's like, there's just more to our running community than the same story and the same voices. Mm -hmm. So I I was like, Ebony, you're going to be one person that I feature and we're going to find other people like every, all my other running friends who are runners of color, tell me your story and I'm going to like share about it. Right. Um, and so I posted that and on my own personal account and it got this huge feedback. Like, I mean, not feedback, but like it got this huge response uh-huh. from, from my followers. It just sounds weird to say my followers <laughs> anyway, but like I got a very positive response from it. Um, from both, you know, obviously from runners of color, but also from the white running community, Mm -hmm. which was very encouraging to me. Mm -hmm. And I've, and that's something that I think I have continued to really appreciate. It's just, um, seeing that, you know, even people in the white running community, they do, they oftentimes do want to maybe have more conversations, uh, about race or diversity and they want to see more representation, but they don't know how to necessarily like do it or or do it or Mm -hmm. talk about it Mm -hmm. or you know so um anyway yeah so i'm sorry that was like long story but basically no but that's what what we need and Mm -hmm. you know having an understanding on how your platform started is very important i think you are right like we get into a cycle of miseducation or lack thereof of education yeah. of inclusion mm-hmm. and communicating with other people and being like kind of beating that barrier of why aren't things different in social mm-hmm. media mm-hmm. world or the running community or whatever it is. And I think even Tommy and I's platform, it, a big part of us doing this is because we are both African-American runners that also are not elite runners. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's this, mm-hmm. there's yes, this piece right. of, not only being African-American, but not having that I ran in college, I was an mm-hmm. elite in college, yeah. I took some years mm-hmm. off, and now mm-hmm. I'm winning age group every time you go out for a <laughs> exactly. race. Like, that's not either one of our stories. No. And mm-hmm. kind of like you, Carolyn, I found that majority of the post or majority of the podcasts that I, that I was listening to, I could not empathize with the people mm-hmm. that they were interviewing, with the people right. that were hosts. Um, I couldn't yeah. empathize with the elite mentality of a runner. Um, mm-hmm, I could mm-hmm. empathize with the love of running, but I could not mm-hmm. empathize with their story. They, yeah. it, I found like they, they lacked, or individuals lacked, and I don't want to say they, but individuals lack the ability to discuss the hard days, to discuss mm-hmm, the work-life mm-hmm. balance, to discuss mm-hmm. being a mom and being a runner or being a dad yeah. and the real life of being of running, the, the ebbs and flows of not wanting to run anymore. And, like, mm-hmm, the realness mm-hmm. of being a yeah. runner, I feel like, was very absent and still is very absent in a lot of mm-hmm. platforms. And mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. that I 
know that for me, prior to India and Tommy becoming the run duo, like my mm-hmm. story of running my first marathon was because of that. I'm like, mm-hmm. I am not your average of what quote unquote people think a runner looks like, which mm-hmm. I hate that comment or mm-hmm. conversation because mm-hmm. that's a whole nother thing. But Mm-hmm. I'm not that. And for people that are non runners, they assume that, you know, you're, you're going to be fast and you're going to be a certain size and you're going to be this and you're going to be that. And it's like, but I'm not that, but you know what? I'm out here running this pavement. Yeah. And yeah. so I think yeah. that the important part of it is, is, you know, being able to see your platform of diverse rerun, seeing different individuals, whether it be different race, ethnicity, ethnicities, abilities, even that mm-hmm. bodily mm-hmm. abilities, um, I think it's very empowering and it's 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 refreshing to see something of that nature. Correct. I, I agree completely. Now, Carolyn, how would if somebody wants to tell their story or be featured or try to be featured or at least mm-hmm. send their information to you, how would they do that? Just slide into my DM. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your Instagram oh, handle, Carolyn? <laughs> Share with us. <laughs> no, I mean, I I'm you know, obviously I moderate both my own personal account, but, you know, at Diverse We Run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I now have it set up to where you can also email me through Diverse We Run too. Mm-hmm. So email or DM or, yeah, I mean, you can find me on my own personal account. I'm at, I run for the glory. Um, either way, yeah, any, any means through Instagram, mm-hmm. let me know that you will want to share your story. And um, I actually, I do have um, a list of like, 20 something questions mm-hmm. um, just kind of as like a prompt or a guide mm-hmm. um, for people to answer. I mean, not, you don't need to answer all 20, but I generally in my instructions on the Google document, I'll say, try to answer maybe five, five mm-hmm. to 10, because then it gives me some content. And then I take the answers and just edit it together to be more of like, you know, a cohesive piece. So, yes. but there, you know, like if anybody already has, you know, a story that they know that this is what they want to share or talk about. <laughs> that's fine too. And, um, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's really all that's there. <laughs> I, I gotta say, <laughs> Carolyn, I mean, yeah. just, just you telling your story of how you decided to get to where you are with the, with the, um, diverse the Instagram with the diversity mm-hmm. run is because it's something that I think everybody, not, not just, you know, white Americans, black mm-hmm. Americans, Korean, Asian Americans, Asian, any, any, yeah. any American, I think not just in running, needs to do that go look for diversity look mm-hmm. for yeah. people who are not yeah. like you mm-hmm. um yes. and mm-hmm. i think it would heal a lot of what's going on in our country right now for sure um, mm-hmm. if everybody took time to do that because actually listening to you i was like you know what i need to do that i need to go <laughs> and look because i mean honestly my timeline probably looks a lot like me it um <laughs> and i should go look for more people that don't look like me and look at their stories and you know you know, and my mother always said you need to, to look, widen your, your gaze right. um, so mm-hmm. you can learn more. Mm-hmm. So I do appreciate you taking the time to mm-hmm. do that and, and coming to where you are with, with that diversity. Because you're not even just talking about color. You're talking about economics. You're talking mm-hmm. about gender. I mean, all of that. So, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's really, really great. Yes, physical ability. And you're right, Tommy. I think a lot of times we immerse ourselves because we are a big part of the Atlanta runner community, Mm -hmm. which we are, you and I are very connected to several African-American runners and Mm -hmm. it looks like a big community, but we're not Mm -hmm. seen on a lot of platforms. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is something that, you know, you kind of miss, but then, you know, we're doing, you know, good. We're trying to reach out. And the fact that Carolyn, you reached out to us and you're like, Hey guys, I heard about your podcast. She was like, Oh my God. That's so great. I really, in my defense, I really was not, 
trying to get on the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> no, no. But that's how we get our interviews, though. Yeah, like, actually, we're, that's yeah. how we get our interviews. We're totally fine with that. There's no restrictions to who can get on the podcast. Yeah. Like, we want to talk to people. Who want to talk. Who want to talk. talk to people that want to talk. Who want to, like, talk about what they're doing because that's why we're doing this. Like, yeah. to educate others, to inform, and to allow people to look at a different lens because what we think, what we see, and what we immerse ourselves around is not always the daily, like, the day-to-day for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. Now, Carolyn, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you, you've given your running story. You've, you've talked mm-hmm. to how you got your Instagram going. Is there anything mm-hmm. else that you want to tell our audience? Any other tidbits of your life that you want to talk about? Um, I honestly, like, I think that's, <laughs> that's pretty much <laughs> what I'm about. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know what? I mean, I definitely think, you know, there may be a time we need to bring you back on. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but For we sure. definitely have enjoyed um, speaking with you right now. But just real quick, one more time, give us mm. your Instagrams. Give us, if you have a Facebook, and if you have an email address, you can give that as well. Just ways that our people can get in touch with you. Uh, well, the Diverse We Run account is at Diverse We Run. And uh, the email is basically Diverse We Run at gmail.com. Um, my personal account is at I run for the glory and, uh, Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Well, once again, Carolyn, thank nice you for taking you. time. I know you got two kids, so you know trying to get time away is not always two the kids easiest. And a husband, don't and forget husband. the husband. Yeah, don't forget the husband. <laughs> well, you know the husband gets forgotten quite a bit once the kids come along. So well, I was trying to include him <laughs> in just for the sake of you, Tommy. I was trying yeah, to include him. I have in. been completely forgotten in I my house. Yes. <laughs> so, but thank you for taking time out of day to speak with us, yes. and we really truly enjoyed it. Thank you, Carolyn. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been so fun talking with you guys. Like, that has been a dream. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. you guys, and I'm like, oh, man, it feels like it feels like I'm, like, sitting there at the table with them, and I just want to, like, talk and comment, too. Yes, please do it. We can Always. definitely have really you on fun. again. Yes, there's definitely. so many other topics yes. that, You're wait e- a minute. We can't. What? Yeah. So, what? not we can't. <laughs> there is a half marathon. I know you're in Boston, oh, yeah. but there is a half marathon here in Atlanta called The Race. Um, oh. And it is actually put on um, and sponsor African American runners, diversity. Like, it's all about inclusion and being able to support the minority. And I just really think that if you have time or are interested, definitely um, think about doing the race. It's the first weekend of October. It is a five, it's a 5K oh. and a half marathon. And it's mm-hmm. here in Atlanta. I will definitely slide in your DMs and see the website <laughs> and all of that good stuff, or I'll just text you all the information. But if you have time, ability, anything of that nature, that would be a great race for you to Yes, come to most Atlanta. definitely. Oh, we would love to see you yes. down here. Yes. Um, they have panels, all that good stuff. Yes. So I think it's a weekend that you really enjoy. So mm-hmm. um, keep that in mind. And like India said, she'll, she'll shoot you all the information. Yes, for sure. Yes. Yes, please send me the information. Thanks. I will definitely sure. do that. All right, Carolyn. Well, you have a great day and tell the hubby and the kids we hello. said hey. The run duo <laughs> says hello. Thank you for letting us steal a little bit of your time. Oh, I will. Thanks, guys. Have You're welcome. Night. You All too. Right. Bye-bye. That was a great interview. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Carolyn. You are uh, amazing. Loved it, loved it, loved diversity it, loved it. in the running community. In the running community, we you, you can't get enough diversity. You can't. I mean. You can't. All think, inclusion for everyone. Exactly. The more mm-hmm. inclusion, the better running. Yes. And anything, I always think that. It's always, you know, 
Diversity is great. Mm. Even when I'm looking for daycare for my kid, I want diversity. <laughs> yes. So. And that's why we're here, to give you all some diversity and even diversity in experience and in, within running. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, yes, great. So... India. Yes. How can they get in touch with you? So you can find me on Instagram at I underscore of underscore Indigo, which is E-N-D-I-G-O underscore runs. Um, if you would like to email me any questions, concerns, topics, you want to have a chat, you can email me at milesfromindia at gmail.com. And you can get me at Thomas W. Mitchell, the number two at gmail.com or tmitch68. You can DM me on Instagram or you can, of course, DM us at the Run Duo um, Instagram page as well. Yes, yes, yes. So, India, what's your prediction for your um, for your 10K, the Peachtree Road Race? What's your prediction? Of my time? Just your prediction. How, how's the race going to go for you? Uh, I think I'm going to be, I will probably at least, I'll probably beat my, not beat my time from last year, but I'm going to be right at it. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be a hot one. And yeah, it's going to be a struggle gonna, yeah, for me. exactly. But I'm ready for it. Like, yeah. I literally don't really race to Peace Street. I have fun. I gotcha. Well, I'm going to finish, so we just going to go with that. <laughs> We're all going to finish. <laughs> all right, y'all. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye.